chapter 1, beginning at verse 29. As soon as they left the synagogue, they went with James and John to the home of Simon and Andrew. Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they told Jesus about her. So he went to her, took her hand, and helped her up. The fever left her, and she began to wait on them. That evening after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all the sick and demon-possessed. The whole town gathered at the door, and Jesus healed many who had various diseases. He also drove out many demons, but he would not let the demons speak because they knew who he was. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him, and when they found him they explained, everyone's looking for you. Jesus replied, let us go somewhere else, to the nearby villages, so that I can preach there also. That is why I've come. So he travelled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good to be back. Thanks for praying. Search this book with an open mind and you will find wisdom. But search this book with an open heart and you will find Jesus. And seeing him as he really is have the opportunity to fall in love with him, to be filled with his spirit, and to walk in the presence of the Lord all the days of your life. This is a precious book. This is a precious time. Let's look at it this morning as though we've never read it before and let its truth blow over us, anoint us, touch us, change us, and make us into effective Christians who stay connected with Almighty God. Heavenly Father, as we look into your word, make it live, we pray this morning, in Jesus' name. Amen. To be effective, stay connected. I know why the clock's ticking, time's running out. It's not an inexhaustible source. You can't turn it off. God wants it up there. <laughs> Hallelujah. And I've had no liaison with this new minister of ours, apart from being given the subject. But you will see a number of remarkable coincidences in this message as things unfold today. 
Now in broad context, Jesus has just been baptised by the unworthy John. The Holy Spirit descends. God the Father speaks. A fairly very rare event in the history of man. What a moment. And suddenly, having made that proclamation from heaven, where God the Father says, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased, he makes an announcement. And that's not something that's changed. Jesus still is, always will be, and there never will be another one like him, born of a virgin, living as a man. And yet at this moment of time, in this encounter with John, he submits himself to John's ministry. John is unworthy, he knows it, but... Jesus says, do it. And down comes the Spirit of God and the Trinity is with with us on earth at that one precious moment. And from now on, instead of just being a very handsome, clever, intelligent young man who goes to the temple in his teens and enthrall them with his knowledge and his insight into Scripture, from now on, The Son of God has been anointed by the Spirit and filled. And he's the only Spirit-filled man in the world at that time. And the lines of communication have really been opened. Not only between Jesus, the Spirit and God, but we now discover from Jesus to us. He embarks on a preaching ministry. He has a simple message. The time has come. The kingdom of God is near. Repent. Believe the good news. It doesn't have to be complicated, this message. It was never intended to be complicated. Simple folk can understand it. It's in words of almost one syllable. And that's the wonderful thing about Christianity. Speedily he gathers disciples around him. And he gets invited to take his first church service. There he is, in the synagogue, in Capernaum. And they're amazed. This chap's not teaching us. He's preaching. What's the difference? If you look at the original words in the original language, preaching is proclaiming. I'm not trying to teach you something this morning. Who am I to teach you? But I'm here to proclaim the truth revealed in God's word. I can proclaim that. Provided I stick to it and you check me out. He has authority. Immediately, in the congregation, he's challenged by an evil spirit. Evil spirit in the congregation? Oh yeah, they're there, they're there. And they're there today. I've heard them speak. And we older ones, you know, 
We've got to watch this, haven't we? How we grumble about change. Mm. Are you sure it's not an evil spirit whispering in our ear? It's trying to stop progress. We need to be a bit more on our guard than we have been, I think. He heals Peter's mother, countless others, sets them free. Oh, it's great. But they get down to a good night's sleep. But at four o'clock in the morning or thereabouts, he vanishes. Not in a spiritual sense, it's not a miracle. But everybody else was fast asleep. But when they woke up, he's not there. And the whole town was at the door. And they were accused of people. And somewhat irate, I think, they went to look for him. Oh, for goodness sake, he's praying. Now, come on, there's a time to pray and a time to act, Jesus, and the time to pray is not now. They're queuing up. We're moving on today. What, leaving people in need, leading people that need healing, people who've come for help, leaving them? Sometimes we can get a bit over-enthusiastic, can't we? Sometimes we take our eye off the spiritual ball. Sometimes we overload ministers with cues of people and expect them to do it all. Look, where was he? Capernaum. What was it? A Roman base. There were centurions there, weren't there? We find that out later. What was the thinking of Jews concerning their Messiah? He's going to overthrow the Roman Empire and set us free. That was the thinking of the day. This was dangerous stuff. And he'd got three years of ministry to fulfil and work to do. And he knew that. And it wasn't going to be nipped in the bud by enthusiasm. You see, Jesus was connected and God said, move on. I've no doubt at all that later on Christians went back to that place and ministered to the people. God knows what he's doing. Jesus knew that it was vital that he was always in the right place at the right time. And to be sure of this, he needed to consult his Father, who through the Holy Spirit was directing and empowering his ministry. He was ministering within a human body. He had physical limitations. Jesus got tired. Jesus got hungry. Jesus felt pain. Sometimes we over-spiritualise our thoughts about him. He was a man just as we were, yet without sin. He felt power going out of him. He was drained from time to time. But he regularly plugged in and recharged. That's the 
the whole principle of maintaining this contact and getting alone with God in one way or another. And it's something we need to do both privately and corporately. And I'm glad to see it's beginning to happen in this church again. Now I've been instructed this morning to teach you the relevance of this subject. So let's start at a personal level. Have you been personally plugged in? You can't stay connected if you've not been connected. And as an evangelist, it's my duty to keep saying this. I don't know you all that well, and you might be new to this church today, you might be visitors. I say to you today, have you been plugged in? Are you really in contact with God with a clear conscience or aren't you do you have any doubts this same Jesus we've been considering said later I am the way the truth and the life no man no woman can have contact with God except through me it's not complicated it's simple We accept Jesus as our Saviour and Lord. We're washed clean by his blood. We're reminding ourselves of that in the communion service. You're accepted, welcomed into the family of God. We remind ourselves of that as we give each other the peace. He then deposits his Holy Spirit within you and me and sends us back into a cruel world with the entreaty, I love you keep in touch is that really you? sometimes these places he sends us are horrible did you hear the religious program this morning on the radio? did you hear it? did you hear the good news in amongst all the arguments? oh what news In the Chilean mining disaster, one of our brothers in Christ was down there. And I heard this morning he became their pastor and he said he led at least 20 of those miners to Christ. Hallelujah. I bet when he was first trapped down there, Why? Why me? That's where sometimes we have to go. Christianity is not an easy ride. Don't jump on this bus thinking it's got luxury seats. It could take you anywhere. Are you sure you're connected? I asked my Heavenly Father to give me a verse to help you this morning. You know what he gave me? Two words. Sounds like a message in tongues to you, perhaps. He said to me, Remember, Musa. Does that mean anything to you? (laughs) The name of the Lord Jesus, says Proverbs, is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and are safe. 
Come with me for a moment to one of my mission fields. Come with me to the Shetland Islands. Come with me to the island of Musa, which God told me to remember. And on it you will find the Brock. It's 2,000 years old. It's an amazing tower. It's 40 feet high. It's 50 feet wide at the bottom. The inside walls are 15 feet thick. There is only one entrance. Four feet high, I'm giving this in old measurements because I know that's where you all are. Four feet high, three feet wide and 15 feet deep. You can only enter it alone in single file. There's no room. You don't march in behind the bishop. You go in yourself. You have to go in complete submission because it's only four foot high. And you have a choice at the other end. There are two people waiting. One's to throw his arms round you if you come meekly and in all humility. Another one with an axe to chop your head off if you go in in self interest. Inside it, you are totally and utterly safe. Or you were in Iron Age days. Nothing. You couldn't damage the bottom of it, you couldn't pull the stones out to knock it down. The weight kept it intact. It was an amazing thing. And once you get up to 10 feet high in the wall, which were 15 feet thick, it became double-skinned and there were entrances and bedrooms and stores and a well and unlimited food and it's an amazing place. I've been there. And there's a lovely little staircase up to the top through the walls so that you can drop bricks on unfriendly people. Who, it's, you get a lovely view of all that's immediately around you. You, can, you know what's going on. You, you could not be safer. And when you get in there, you find there are other people there who believe just like you. Oh, what a place this is to be. I've arrived. I'll stay here forever. This is going to be my spiritual experience. I'll be a sort of monk or nun. I'll stay here. A bit like going to church, isn't it? But what about everyone who's still outside? What about your family, your neighbours, your friends? they found the way in yet? Jesus said, go in my name and because you believe, others will know that I live. And if I don't go and if I don't tell them, if you don't go, you don't kill them, they won't know. Before you venture out, you're given spiritual armour to put on. Some of us forget to put it on and we come back injured each week for prayer. You've got to put it on. There are demons out there. There are evil spirits out there. There are problems out there. There are challenges out there. Yeah, but the armour's totally adequate. Put it on. Get out there. Don't be afraid. You're given the word of God to proclaim. Yes, you. On the bus in the empty seat that you suddenly find. It's not a coincidence there's an empty seat on the bus. You're meant to be sitting there that day if you're walking with the Lord. And the person you're sitting next to is not there by accident. So have a go in love. 
Don't hand them a piece of paper saying you're doomed, you know. Talk to them. Seek to make contact. God gives us his word to proclaim. He gives us a maker's handbook which tells us all when we need a service. And sometimes we do. Are you overdue for one? All we have to do is turn up on time. But from the top of the block, if we look out, there's a mountain. And up there is the Lord. We always look up to the Lord. Those who put their trust in the Lord will renew their strength soar on wings like eagles run and not go weary walk and not faint there's God's promise to you if you stay connected I'm losing weight at the moment I've stunned in the house so far but I can't saw yet. I'm, I'm so how am I going to illustrate it? Come with me to one of the mountains in Scotland. And it's a very popular ski mountain. And there are two ways you can get up it. To about 3,000 feet. The first way is to go up the path and it takes an awful long time and an awful lot of effort but there's an easier way or is there it's a chairlift a lot of people don't like the look of the chairlift they prefer to stay in the brock it looks extremely dodgy this chairlift it calls for a lot of faith especially if you're older I know I found it when I was older. To get on the chairlift, the seats arrive behind you, moving along, and they don't stop. You have to sit down at precisely the right moment. You sit down too early, you're in trouble, sit down too late, you've missed the bus, you've got to get it right, you've got to really jump off your feet into the seat. And you've only got five seconds then to put a safety thing on because you hurtle out of the end of this shed supported on a pole which I suppose is about that round in diameter but suddenly looks to be about that connected to a wire which I think must be strong but it looks like a piece of cotton when you first get on it and you're holding on to the pole and you shoot out of the shed and now there's 50 feet below you and you're soaring it's totally silent and you're going up and up and your knuckles are white as they're hanging on to the safety chain and the pole. But suddenly you start to relax and oh, wow, wow. Ooh. And then there's another shed. What's that for? You have to change. 
So you leap off of this one and you leap onto that one and, and there's a sort of ministering angel there who keeps an eye on you and makes sure that you get on all right. And the next one's almost vertical. And there are birds you've never seen before. There are animals you've never seen before. The air. Wow, I've never breathed air like it. It's different up here. And wow, there's a restaurant and hot soup. It's never... Oh, and a balcony and a ministering angel. And you look down, you're 3,000 feet up. Oh, blow me, I can see where I went wrong in the car yesterday. I shouldn't have turned left there. I should. It's so clear from up here. Oh, oh look, he's getting it wrong too. I better warn him. My goodness me. You see things differently up here. Wow, I can't wait to get down to tell him. But while I'm here, there's a, where does that path go? Ah, well, next time you come up, if you come properly equipped, Mike, you can go up that. You'll need a map and a compass and some spare food, but it's not too hard. Anyone can do it, properly prepared. Well, what's up there? Well, you've only got a 180 degree view from here. From up there, you'll see new challenges, new lands, new prospects. Ooh. But only come if you're prepared. Well, couldn't wait. Up, back up we went. Anne and I together this time. We got to the top. And we saw people suffering behind the Iron Curtain. There's a collapse, but it, they needed our help. We saw the islands of Shetland where lonely Christians were getting no teaching and no support and they needed to be brought together. And we didn't come down and pray about it. We went and did something about it because we were connected. Don't neglect your times of prayer. Make your quiet time a precious time each day. Get a helpful little book, maybe, to help you give a thought for each day. Don't neglect it. Stay connected to God. And there are other ways, aren't there, too? I, I'm not a great one on my knees. I pray better when I'm walking and talking. I'll close with another illustration for you. When we walk with the Lord in the light of his word, what a glory he sheds on our way. When we do his good will, he abides with us still and with all who will trust and obey. I was 600 feet up. I'm in the highlands of Scotland in a forest. I'm walking with the Lord. I set out to do that. I wanted to be alone with the Lord. It was a precious time. And I didn't care if anybody else heard, although it was unlikely that they would. It was very remote. But I walked through the woods singing that hymn. 
And I'm letting it rip. And suddenly there was a rustling sound on my right. And a deer came out. Now deers don't come out, they run away. It came out. This strange noise it had never heard in the forest before. And it stood and it looked at me. And I stood still and I sang, As the deer pants for the water, so my soul... <laughs> I tell you, it was a precious moment. When I finished, the deer said, Ooh, and walked off. Into the... I was totally in communion with nature. It was, it, was, it was precious. I can't tell you how spiritually precious that time was. Try it on Hormond Hill. It works up there. I've done it there as well. It's, it's great. And if someone hears you, well, then they might even ask you what it is you're singing. It's amazing, isn't it? I didn't liaise with Tim. But what did you just sing? It's down here in my scriptures. When through the woods and forest glades I wander and hear the birds sing sweetly in the trees, when I look down from lofty mountain grandeur, hear the brook, feel the gentle breeze, then sings my soul, my Saviour, God to thee, how great thou art. You're connected. Have you been there? Are you overdue for a service? Do you need any help? Are you sure? My mother was not sure all her life. There were doubts, there were fears. She was baptised by immersion at the age of 72. Have you been baptised? I don't know you, have you? If you haven't, there's opportunity. That rock entrance, little children could run into it. No problems for little children. Maybe you were baptised as an infant. Maybe you've put your trust in that fact and it's worked for you and you know that you love Jesus and you're in touch with him. Wonderful. But if you've got any doubts about it, and I've met people that have, because their mum and dad who took them didn't really believe and their godparents were not godparents, they were just friends. If that's the background and you're not sure, then you... Why not reaffirm those vows? There's a service where we can do it. Get connected. And if you are connected, do you need reconnecting? How good's the connection? I had a telephone call the other day. Mr. Dominic, is this your telephone? Yes, yes, talk, talk. Yes, yes. We're delighted to tell you you're now on super broadband. But I haven't got a computer. I'm not connected. But I'm on narrowband. I'm deeply connected on narrowband. Are you? I know one person and his name is Jesus. And he's my saviour. And he's my Lord. And one day I'll meet him face to face. One day I'll be given a robe of righteousness. One day, 
I will spend the beginning of eternity with him in glory. Will you be there? Oh, I pray you will. Amen.